Welcome to Healthy Vision Talk Radio, the podcast for people in search of a physician with alternative solutions for their eye problems. From the best-selling, award-winning, world's-only homeopathic ophthalmologist, here's your host, Dr. Edward Kondrat. Welcome to Healthy Vision. This is your host, Dr. Edward Kondrat, and thank you so much for tuning in this evening. Uh, This evening, we have a special guest, uh, Dr. Paul Singh, who's a professor of ophthalmology and a clinical researcher. And we're going to talk about an exciting development in ophthalmology that many of us have been waiting for. And this is a laser that can eliminate, in most cases, completely those nasty floaters. So, Dr. Singh, welcome to Healthy Vision. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, so let's begin by talking about, it's interesting because just recently I've been seeing more and more patients that have been frustrated with floaters, and I came across a couple of uh, Facebook sites, support groups for people with floaters, and it's, it's really a, a devastating problem. Um, so I wonder if you could just share your experience on patients that you see that are just so incapacitated with floaters. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, I think we've, as a profession, I think we've underestimated the impact that floaters have on patients' daily life and, and basically daily functioning. You know, floaters are opacity, the clumps in the gel, the vitreous, the, the middle part of the eye, uh, and it blocks the light from entering the eye or from hitting the retina, the back lining of the eye. And so it causes shadow, basically. And although it's a very common, normal aging process, it doesn't mean it has very little impact on daily function. In fact, some of these floaters can be so impactful that they can affect people's driving, reading, daily activities. The problem historically is that we didn't have a great option to treat. So we tend as a profession, if we don't have a good option, to minimize the impact. And so a lot of us doctors for many years were never taught about how to treat floaters. We were never taught to deal with addressing floaters. So many of us, when we see a floater, a patient in the office who complain about it, we say, oh, don't worry, it's normal. We'll get used to it. The brain will adapt to it. Unfortunately, many of the patients who we see are stuck suffering with these floaters and learn to somehow deal with it. But after treating these patients now for the last uh, about five or six years now, there are about four, forty, almost 5,000 cases in the last five years, we've realized the impact that people, people have with their floaters. In fact, I've had people come back and say, Doc, I can drive again. I can read again. Because it's not only a distraction where you have to say you're driving and this big clump and this big shadow comes in your vision. You have to shake your head to move out of the way. That can be a safety hazard. But even for simple computer activities, it may interfere with reading speed. We've done some studies looking at if, how quickly someone can read. The flow of reading, the, the, allow, the concentration of patients can be affected by these floaters. So I think what we're seeing more and more now with data, as well as my clinical experience, is that these floaters can have a significant impact. And I always rival that to even cataracts. So nowadays, with cataracts, we don't wait to take out cataracts. When someone has an issue with, let's say, driving or reading, et cetera, we say, let's take out the cataract. It's the same principle of floaters now. Even though they're a very normal process, we don't have to wait to treat these patients now because we do have options. So I think it's something that we've underestimated for many, many years, but now we're finally realizing there's such an impact on these patients' daily functioning. Uh, how common are floaters? And maybe you could discuss some of the common causes uh, because I know sure. that most ophthalmologists, when you first have the onset of the floaters, you're concerned about a retinal detachment. You know, you've got to see. And for the people that are listening to the radio show, uh, you know, if you do have a sudden onset of floaters, 
you should go to your ophthalmologist or eye doctor and, and be evaluated. But let's talk a little bit about some causes and when when you need to be concerned if it might be a serious problem. Sure, absolutely. So the whole back of the eye, the gel, it's called a vitreous, is basically um, made up of a collection or uh, fibers of what we call collagen. And the collagen fibers are cross-linked together, and they actually have a negative charge to keep repelled. There's water that fills the space. So you have a kind of a clear gel. That gel is very tightly attached to the back lining of the eye, which is called the retina. So the retina is like the, the film of a camera. It's the film of our eye. It's a little lining that aligns the back of the eye that has all the receptors that accept the light and help us see. Now, when the jelly is attached to the back lining of the eye, as a jelly changes over time, we lose that negative charge of those collagen fibers. And what happens is the jelly changes its consistency. As a gel, the vitreous changes its consistency, it starts to become liquefied, and it pulls away from the retina. And so as the jelly pulls away from the retina, as as it's making its kind of normal changes, it can sometimes tug at the retina as it's coming off the retina and pull it with it and cause what we call a retinal tear or even what we call a retinal detachment where the, the retina actually is torn. Now, that the symptoms of that can sometimes be floaters because what happens when the gel pulls away from the retinas to look like a floater also or multiple floaters. And so when that happens, we can't differentiate on the phone if someone says, I have a new floater. What we want to do is have the patient come in to evaluate, to dilate the eye so they can look way in the back of the eye and look at the retina at the periphery to make sure there's no small tears or holes because if there is a small tear, or a hole that could lead to what we call an attachment where the retina comes off. And that is something you want to treat right away. So we always recommend anybody who has a new symptom of a floater to go in to see the eye doctor right away so they can evaluate for those retinal tears of attachment and treat it if necessary. Now, most commonly, a floater does not lead to that. Most commonly, a floater is just a change in the jelly where the collagen fibers clump together and form a floater, basically a cloud, that is what the symptom is but we can't tell without looking at the patient. So that's why we always tell patients right away, come in to take a look. If it's negative for a detachment or a tear, that's wonderful. We wait a few months to make sure because some people will adapt to a small floater. But in some people where the floaters do not adapt, the patients can't adapt to it, then we can talk about treating the patients with this new laser. But you're absolutely right. If you have a new floater, a new symptom, it's important to go to your eye doctor right away. So the most common cause of floater is that a shrinking of the vitreous jelly and it breaks away from the back of the eye. And I usually tell my patients, you take your age, and that's the percent chance you're going to have that separation. So I'm close to 70, and so there's a 70% chance in my age group that I'm going to get that separation. But just to clarify, that doesn't mean that everybody who gets a vitreous separation will get a detachment. I mean, the retinal detachment is relatively uncommon correct? Yes, absolutely. Majority of patients, 90 plus percent of patients who have a floater symptom, it's a natural change in the jelly. It's just a floater being created, but it's not a, so it's a separation, but not a tear or detachment. So it's very rare. It's not a very common occurrence, but it does happen once in a while. So if you have a new floater, if something happens, I want people to worry about that. It's just very, very important to go see an eye doctor just to make sure to confirm that everything is fine. But you're absolutely right. Majority of patients, when they have a floater, it's not a detachment or a tear. And uh, it's always good to detect that small retinal tear early because a simple laser procedure sometimes can correct it and prevent you from a serious complication like a retinal detachment where you can have the potential to go blind. 
Yeah, absolutely. In fact, you know, the, the laser treatment, in fact, I had a patient, a young patient came in yesterday, in fact, in the office, came in for eye exam and said, hey, doc, I have some new floaters. I looked at the eye and had a small round hole in the retina. We took about five minutes, went back to the room. We have a laser in the room. We just went ahead and sealed it off. The patient's fine. So it's always, it's always important not to worry. Just come in and the majority of times you can seal it off very quickly with the in-office procedure. If it, if it is what, about, what about other uh, causes of floaters that we have to be concerned with? Sure. I mean, you know, we talk, you know, there's inflammation that can cause floaters. Uh, some people want to have uh, what we call detritus, which is inflammation in the eye, uh, which, which can be caused. And people have other autoimmune conditions. They can have floaters. Uh, there's also symptoms of floaters where there's sometimes calcium salts that can build up in the eye, which are uh, also known as what we call asteroid hyalinosis, which are also uh, can cause symptoms of floaters as well. So floaters can be caused by inflammation. Uh, sometimes after cataract surgery, people will notice floaters more often. That's to take out the cataract. You put a new lens in the eye. We have, people can see better, and they can actually notice floaters that they never saw before as well. So floaters can be a common occurrence in other conditions and can be seen commonly after even things like cataract surgery as well. So, um, so you've been uh, in the past now when somebody had a floater that was significant. Uh, I guess the only treatment we had was to refer them to a retinal specialist and do a procedure called a vitrectomy, which essentially mm -hmm. the surgeon goes in with very tiny instruments and removes most of the vitreous jelly, including the floaters. And uh, this procedure was uh, fraught with uh, complications. In fact, everybody that had this procedure would develop a cataract. Uh, and then you'd need a second operation. So I guess that's one of the reasons why most ophthalmologists were so reluctant to recommend this procedure. I wonder if you could just comment on the vitrectomy. Sure, absolutely. Uh, vitrectomy is a great is, is a good option for some people. I mean, the surgery has been done for many years, and it, over the last couple of decades, it's become safer and quicker, no doubt. But I think that the problem is, as you said, no matter how quick and how safe the surgeons are, there is a higher risk of developing a cataract. Majority of patients within, within two years will develop some type of lens change or a cataract, a clouding of the lens, and may require a surgery for that. There's also risk because you're going in the eye, you're making incisions into the eye. You also have a slight, slight risk of, a, of a, an infection, what we call endophthalmitis. There's always a, also a risk of having a pressure go up in the eye, which is, can lead to something called glaucoma. Not always, but it's a small risk that can happen. There's also time off of work. There's healing time. We're on drops after surgery, an antibiotic drop, there's a steroid drop. To well, we're, coming, uh, we're, coming up, we're coming up to a break on healthy vision, and uh, you're listening to Dr. Paul Singh, and we're talking about a big problem, vitreous floaters. And when we come back, we're going to talk about an exciting new development that may be the solution to eliminate floaters permanently. We'll be right back after this break. Welcome back to Healthy Vision. And uh, let's continue talking about floaters. And let's review a little bit about the dangers of the vitrectomy. Although many of our patients underwent vitrectomy for really serious floaters, most ophthalmologists were kind of reluctant to recommend this procedure or even do it because of the complications, correct? Absolutely. I think that's, you know, anytime we talk about surgery and ophthalmology or anything in medicine, so is it what we call the risk-benefit ratio. In other words, how much risk you want to take for the benefit. And, you know, with vitrectomy, historically, because of those risks we talked about with pressures and cataract and infection risk and time off of work and drops, et cetera, most doctors said it's not worth it because although floaters 
are a nuisance for a lot of patients and can affect the daily life, doctors felt it wasn't worth the risk of it as well. So a lot of us doctors, you know, even me included until a few years ago, would just say, you know what, you're fine, live with the floaters, it's not worth it, unless they're so debilitating where they couldn't function at all, or the doctor felt in his own hair too bad, you'd recommend the trachectomy. But a very small percentage of patients would be offered of a trachectomy, even those specialists who do offer the trachectomy in their practice. So many of our patients were just ignored and told, live with it, deal with it, which has been really a big frustration for a lot of our patients. Now, most of us uh, ophthalmologists, we, we did know of a procedure called the YAG vitreo lysis. This is using a special type of laser to uh, uh, treat the floater, but initially, these treatments just took a large floater and then broke it up into maybe 10 or 20 smaller floaters. So, uh, you know, my, my feeling was that this was not a good procedure using a laser to break up the floaters. But now there's some new technology that has kind of revolutionized the treatment of floaters. And I wonder if you could talk about the new technology and, and your experience. Sure, absolutely. Uh, yeah, there's a new technology. There's a company that came out a few years ago called LX from Australia. They came out with a new technology of a laser system, and it addressed a couple of the big issues you face. You're absolutely right. The, the vitreal lysis procedure has been done for years, since the 80s, actually. And uh, the problem with the, historically with the lasers we use for that, uh, historically did not have the ability to visualize all the way to the retina. So in other words, we could not see a lot of it what we call symptomatic floaters. Well, the floaters that were bothering patients were, were further back in the middle of the back of the eye or even closer to the retina. And so a lot of the illumination towers, we call them, our view, our view was not able to see them and address them. The other product of the problem with the older lasers is that because of the different power, it did not allow us to have good spatial context. In other words, we as a surgeon, even with our special lens that we put on the eye, could not see where the floater was in relation to where the retina is. So how far are we from the retina from a safety perspective or from the lens? We want to make sure we don't hit the lens. So spatial context is a problem. And so with this new laser system, there's a new what we call illumination tower, giving coaxial illumination, being able to give us the ability to see where the floater is, even all the way back to the back part of the eye, but also allow us to know where it is in relation to other structures in the eye. That was a big, big, big advancement. The second thing is it has a different illumination, sorry, a different energy delivery system, meaning it, right now with, this, with the older lasers, the uh, dispersion of energy was much greater. What they did with this laser, they truncated the beam to allow us to have less what we call shock wave, less dispersion of energy. So even at higher energy levels of settings on the laser, the amount of dispersion of energy in the eye is very minimal, and there's a, loss, a very minimal increase in shock wave as you increase the energy in the laser. Why that's important, as you mentioned, before we would just hit a couple shots for some floaters and cause maybe 10 floaters, and patients would say, Doc, I have a lot of symptoms now, even more symptoms, or we couldn't see the, the actual symptom, symptomatic floaters in the back of the eye. By having a better view and be able to see floaters that we couldn't see historically and being able to go to higher levels of energy, we can actually cause plasma breakdown. We can actually cause solid to gaseous state or basically vaporize, as you mentioned, these floaters. So now we don't stop at 10 shots. We'll do actually sometimes two or 300 shots, which goes by within a few minutes very quick. But we can actually now take those small floaters, break them up, and vaporize in small pieces. So our end result is true vaporization. So a clump like what we call a Weiss ring, which is a solitary clump, of vitreous that comes off the nerve, a very common type of floater. Majority of our patients in our studies that we've presented at many meetings, 90 plus percent of patients, we can get rid of those floaters within one or two sessions. So these are the, the significant advancements in the laser treatment now, being able to visualize to know where we are in the, in the vitreous, to make sure we don't hit any other structures, and 
new energy delivery system allows us to go to higher energy levels to vaporize floaters and do higher number of shots without causing inflammation or any other problems in the eye, which is why now it's much more efficacious. And we've shown in studies it's extremely safe of a procedure as well compared to not doing anything at all. So it's, it's improved safety and the efficacy of the procedure. Yeah, when I uh, discussed this new technology with uh, a good friend of mine who's a retinal specialist in Rome, the first question he said to me was, well, what's the incidence of damage to the retina? Uh, because safety is a concern. And then talking to the company, I was really surprised that in the FDA trial, uh, there was one event where there was a small I think detachment or breaking the retina, but that was in the control group. That was a group that did not get the laser. <laughs> and I said, the, I said to the representative, "Thank goodness for that." Uh, so yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it, it appears to be a, a very, very safe procedure, which, as you know, ophthalmologists and surgeons, uh, we want uh, absolute safety for our our patient. So exactly. the next question I have is, how successful is it? Because you know these. You know, a lot of times we see patients with floaters and we think, oh, they're, they're neurotic. Uh, they're just obsessed with these minor problems. Uh, so, you know, what, what is the satisfaction rate for patients and how successful is the procedure? Sure, absolutely. Well, in, in a couple, we've done a couple of studies that we've actually presented at the Academy of Ophthalmology and as well as at the ASCRS, the Association of Catacrofractive Surgery. And what we've, we found in our studies that we did, we had two studies. One was a prospective study looking at 360-plus patients going forward. And we found over 92% success rate, meaning patients were extremely satisfied. And what we mean by that is we asked them, now or one, did the laser make a difference, yes or no? Over 92% of patients said, yes, it made a difference. And out of that, we found that Again, about over 90% of those patients said it made a complete difference where it was resolved. And it was best for those patients where those what we call solitary floaters, meaning when you have a large clump or what we call a Weiss ring where it's a solitary floater opacity, we were able to get rid of that very cleanly because the doctor could recognize the floater that was causing the actual symptoms. See, the problem with floaters is sometimes people may have multiple floaters in their eye that we see as physicians, but not every floater is causing a symptom. Not everybody can see all the floaters in their eye. So being able to correlate the floater with the patient's symptom is a, is a big issue. And so with having a solitary white string, like a one, one lesion or one capacity, we can get those patients 90 plus percent. It drops down to about 80 percent or so when you have multiple floaters, but still a significant impact. So majority of our patients who have even multiple strings and clouds we can improve them about 80-plus percent of the time with high safety. It's a five-minute procedure in the office that requires no injections, no patches, no specific drops, no restrictions after the procedure. You can go and do any activity the same day. With that high safety and with a minimal disruption in daily life, we can improve almost most type of floaters. With the people who have those larger multiple floaters and clouds and strings, they may take also multiple sessions. They can take sometimes two or three even more sessions to get rid of the entire amount of floater as well. And the reason why is because the laser energy is very concentrated. It doesn't blow up the eye. It's a very microscopic area of what we call plasma, which means the vaporization is occurring in a small area. But if we do too many shots, once in a blue moon, we don't want, because gas bubbles are formed, we don't want to have pressure to go up in the eye. So to limit the risk of any pressure spikes in the eye, we don't do thousands and thousands of shots at one time. I limit to about five or 600 shots, which sounds like a lot, but it goes very quickly. By limiting the number of shots, though, that way we can't get rid of every single floater at one session. So we always tell patients, if you have a large cloud 
multiple floaters, I tell them that expectation building is to say, look, don't worry, we'll take care of you, but it may require two or three sessions over time from a safety perspective to get rid of the entire a large amount of floaters that you have in strings because you are breaking up some floaters and you're vaporizing. The floaters that you broke up that you did not vaporize, those may come back together. So commonly, patients with a doc, after one session, I'm much better. I'm 50% better, but I still have some floaters, and we can go ahead and do a second or third session if we need to. But it's extremely safe, and that's what I think makes it very palatable and very exciting for doctors because it's always fine to go ahead and do a second or third session if you need to. It's amazing, you know, you mentioned a 90% success rate because there is no ophthalmic procedure where we get 100% success rate. Uh, so that is extremely important to know that that success rate is high and also that you can repeat the laser procedure uh, to get rid of those additional floaters. So I want to thank you so much for sharing this information. And for those of you that are listening, if you want additional information on floaters, uh, give the office a call at 800-430-9328 or go to endfloaters.com, endfloaters.com. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast. If you'd like to learn more about alternative eye treatments, access free reports, or subscribe to Dr. Kondrat's newsletter, visit us at HealingTheEye.com. If you enjoyed today's show, please write a review. We love hearing from listeners. To hear more episodes about alternative eye treatments, click subscribe and download all of our previous shows. We wish you good health and clear vision. 